Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Eddie Radosevich, who is the correspondent for Sooner Scoop out of Norman, as well as the franchise OK Morning Show. And Eddie, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. How are you doing this afternoon? Gentlemen, good afternoon. How's it going? It's uh, it, it, it's kind of dreary over on this side of the world, so uh, it sounds like you guys have a little bit better weather over there. Oh yeah, I think we're uh, we feel like we're in Seattle over here because it's just been raining for like four or five straight days. I don't remember the last time right. we saw the sun. So yeah, I think it's it's pretty relatable. And who knows? Maybe that's a little precursor of things to come when Arkansas and Oklahoma face off against each other there in Tulsa. And we'll start with the Sooners because obviously last year they smoked Arkansas. They ended up going to the NIT. This is a new season for Oklahoma. Just how do you feel like the season has played out so far? And also, what's the expectation for the Sooners this year from fans? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been kind of interesting. I think that last year that was kind of the high point of the season. Uh, they they were able to get into a lot of games that they just didn't make enough plays to win in the second half. And especially after, you know, when you get under that eight-minute timeout throughout the conference play, they just weren't able to get enough points. And I think that they went out into the portal. They got a kid named Grant Sherfield just running the point guard for him now from Nevada that uh, he's, a, he's a good scorer. And, you know, I think he started to come on here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, it, you know, they, they had a slow start, obviously losing the season opener, Sam Houston State, who's been a little bit of a surprise nationally. Uh, but they're starting to kind of find their roles. They're, they're, they have some guys that uh, – I have a lot of talent, obviously, in Porter Moser's second season in Norman. And, you know, I think the expectation level is making it to the NCAA tournament. And if you were able to get to the tournament and get out of the first weekend, it's, it's more than a success. So, uh, making the NCAA tournament, that's kind of the priority around here. Uh, they need to take a couple steps from where they were a year ago. And, uh, you know, right now it looks like they're going to be right there probably in, you know, I, I would say that middle to bottom tier of the Big 12, which, if you go 9-9 nine and nine in the Big 12, I think everybody feels like you have a pretty good chance of making the NCAA tournament. So uh, they have a lot of uh, familiar faces from a year ago, and they also have some new faces. Uh, Lo Duzon made his first career start, a freshman out of uh, Arizona. He made his first start on Tuesday night. Uh, so he's expected to make another start at the BOK Center this weekend. But you know, I think the atmosphere is you know, one that I think a lot of people became familiar with a year ago. Uh, it should be a pretty raucous atmosphere uh, over there come Saturday morning. What are some of the biggest differences in this year's team compared to last year? We know that rosters are forever changing, and you mentioned some of the players that have come in, but what are some of the big differences? Probably their ability to go get a bucket when they need one uh, when the shot clock's running down. And Grant Sherfield's been, uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit more steady with the ball in his hands than somebody like a Jordan Goldwire was a year ago. Uh, just being able to be a pure scorer, and that was something that they really needed. Uh, you know, when they got into the last four minutes, the last eight minutes of a game a year ago, uh, you kind of they, they, they passed the ball around the wing, and you kind of wondered who was going to be able to take the shot. Uh, you know, I think Grant Sherfield kind of become more sure of himself. Jacob Groves kind of uh, been he's a lot more confident. I think it's probably the best way to say it. But that's added just because he has he's a little bit more. Uh, physically, he added a bunch of weight over the uh, off season. He only played in this OU Arkansas game a year ago, uh, I think eight or nine minutes. So uh, he's he's a he's a, a player that I think has kind of come into his own this year. And then obviously Tanner Groves' brother is back uh, for his second season in Norman, uh, a little bit uh, bigger post presence, I guess you could say, who can step out and hit a couple threes. So uh, 
Uh, I would say just shooting in general, they're, they're easier to score the basketball right now. And, you know, I think they still want to fry themselves from the defensive end where, uh, you know, I think going into last week, they're in the top 15 and scoring defense nationally. So uh, it's been up and down. When it, when it, it's kind of like everybody else college basketball. When it's ugly, it is, it's pretty tough to watch. But uh, they've had more better parts than, uh, than bad, I guess, to say through the first eight games. So that being said, Eddie, if Arkansas is going to win this game, what's the weakness they have to exploit? What's been the biggest problem for Oklahoma consistently this year and something that uh, Arkansas is going to try to exploit? I think probably making them uh, execute in the half court. I, I think that you know they want to be able to get out and run a little bit. That when they've had a lot of success here over the course of the first eight games, they had a really good trip down to uh, Lake Plano, East of Florida, where they won the ESPN Events Invitational. They were able to get out and run against Nebraska and Seton Hall, and in the championship game against Old Miss. Uh, but at the same time, I you know I, I think really trying to make them sit down and execute. Uh, offensively, they, they still run into some trouble uh, turning the ball over. Uh, they, you know, Tuesday night they had some trouble getting the ball up the court. Uh, you know, and so if you can put a little bit more pressure on them, uh, get the ball out of somebody like Grant Sherfield's hands, get it into the hands of a freshman in a you know a, a bigger arena or a bigger setting. Uh, you kind of wonder how he's going to react to it. I think there's a lot of people within the Oklahoma program are a little bit interested to see how Lotu's on. Uh, reacts to pressure on the ball this week. So, uh, you know, Bijan Cortez has been another kind of breakthrough player for them here through the uh, first couple weeks of the season. So they're still young. They're still relatively young, though, and I think that's kind of where you wonder how they're going to react when they're playing an opponent as good as uh, Arkansas has been. Were you surprised to see the Groves brothers return for another season? Uh, I hate to say, like, no, just because I don't know where else they would be headed, but I think that was kind of the feeling around the program was uh, that they were going to get them for two more years. Maybe there was a little bit of question about is Tanner going to opt back in, uh, but I think he wanted to play with his brother. That's something that, uh, you know, obviously he's kind of grown up doing his entire life, and they wanted to have one more run at it. So uh, it was obviously good news when they were able to get him back. So just looking at uh, the, the rest of this season, too, when we were talking about expectations and everything, you know that the, the Big 12's got a lot of good basketball teams in there and Oklahoma's trying to find their way. Is it kind of a thing where you look at this team and you think they have all the pieces to be an NCAA tournament team? Does it need to be more than that? Just kind of what do you think this team is capable of in the ceiling that they could hit? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's tough just because the, the – the top of the Big 12 isn't just the you know the top of the conference. They're probably the elite of the of the country, top 10-ish. When you're talking about Kansas or Texas or Baylor, uh, you know, I, I and then you get into the run of the top 25 teams throughout the Big 12. I I think nine and nine in conference play is kind of their ceiling. If you just win a couple, you take care of all your home games and then maybe try to steal one on the road, uh, and you look up and all of a sudden you're sixth or seventh in the Big 12. I think that. Uh, you know, that's, that kind of is what it is at this point. Uh, I, it's going to be tough to uh, – you're going to have to win some games that you probably shouldn't. And I think that that's kind of what they are tasked with uh, going into conference plays with the fact that you look up and, you know, you're, you're basically playing nine games against teams that you're just – you're probably not going to win, especially on the road in this conference. So uh, if you could steal one somewhere – uh, that's, you know, obviously an added bonus and a tip to cap to, to kind of what you're trying to create. And you should be able to get into the NCAA tournament if you finish in that realm. So it's, I think more for them is, is just finding their ways, not having too many slip-ups to where it really hurts your, uh, 
you know, overall resume within the NCAA tournament. How would you describe their style of play? And even if you can go into what type of rotation they like to run as far as how, how deep they like to go, how many players? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of been interesting. They've been, they've, they've really kind of settled into running about nine guys out there. Uh, you know, Dijon Cortez is kind of their backup point guard. He's, he's a local product from King Fisher that, uh, you know, he played sparingly a, a year ago. And you, he was one of the guys that, uh, when they went into the offseason, you kind of wondered if you would look at the transfer portal, if he was going to look for other options. Uh, to maybe get into a starting role somewhere. And, you know, I think that Porter had him buy in over the offseason. He's really started to kind of flourish here over the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly down in Orlando where Oklahoma won that ESPN Events Invitational Tournament. Uh, he really kind of started to find his way. He's a great distributor of the basketball. They went out and got a kid in Sam Godwin that's another local product from Southmore High School just uh, north of uh, Norman uh, from Wofford that is, you know, kind of their backup big, if you will. I wouldn't say that they have anybody that you're going to throw the ball down to on the block. I don't know if anybody has that guy in college basketball anymore, but uh, he's been kind of the big surprise, I would say, as far as what they are trying to do. Um, you know, kind of a, I don't know how to explain it. It's, 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 he's one of those guys that you just look at and go, yeah, that's kind of a Porter Moser Loyola Chicago type guy. He's been a great fit for Oklahoma. And then, uh, you know, they have a couple other guys that they bring in off the bench that, uh, C.J. Nolan, who was in the starting lineup here for the first couple of weeks, he's struggled this season uh, to kind of find his way. I don't know if it's a sophomore slump or if he's just struggling with confidence right now. And then uh, Joe Bamisil is a guy that, you know, they flat out need to get more out of. He's not been very good, uh, you know, over the first couple of weeks of the season. And, you know, I think that he's struggling a little bit to find his identity within Porter Moser's uh, you know, regimented offense. I think they, you know, they want to be able to, uh, to to execute into the half court, and if they can't get out and run, and it seems like he's a guy that uh, likes the free flow of the basketball maybe a little bit more than what he's being asked to do. So I think that's hurt his confidence a little bit. He averaged 16 and a half a game a year ago at George Washington. So um, they need to get Nolan and Bama still going, and if they can. Uh, then maybe you start thinking maybe they can finish somewhere in the middle of the pack of the Big 12 and maybe those expectations raise a little bit more. We're speaking with Eddie Radosevich of the franchise OK out of Norman, Oklahoma, here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Eddie, now looking at this game against Arkansas 2 and it being played in Tulsa again at the BOK Center again, it's, I mean, it's cool and all, but what do you think, like, the fans? Is this something that they're going to travel to? Are they excited about this game this Saturday? Do they wish it was more of a home-and-home? Home? Just kind of what's the thoughts of people there in Oklahoma as far as playing this game in Tulsa? Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of funny walking into the BOK Center a year ago. It was like, it just feels like we're just over here in Fayetteville West. I mean, it was, uh, it was I, I don't know, 80-20 Arkansas fans? I it, That might be given Oklahoma a couple more than they were actually there. Uh, I, I think that for this also Oklahoma fan, uh, they, they're more than pleased with it. Uh, you know, maybe if you talk to somebody from Oklahoma City or Norman, they'd hope that something was over at the Chesapeake Center, uh, not too far away. But uh, I kind of find it to be fun. It's a good atmosphere. I like the BOK Center. I think it's pretty fine. Uh, you know, basketball facility just in general. I, it's a it's a great location for the NCAA tournament. I don't know if you guys have been over there for that, but uh, you know, hopefully they get one here uh, in not the uh, new too distant future. But uh, I like it. I, I think it's a great location for this game. Uh, you know, is that actually something that we just talked to Porter Moser about 
about 30 minutes ago, uh, if, you know, when they get into the SEC, if it's something that you would like to see kind of stay at a neutral site. And, you know, it's a fun atmosphere. I, I think that that's basically what he said. He didn't really give an answer on either way. I don't know if he really cares. But um, I, I found it to be kind of a fun atmosphere. And for what it is, it's, uh, it, it's I don't know about 50-50. It's, it's certainly not OU Texas, that's for sure, at the Cotton Bowl. But uh, I find it to be kind of a uh, sexy, fun atmosphere. What are your thoughts on Arkansas and what you've been able to see so far this season? Uh, I mean, uh, if, if they can come anywhere close to the Arkansas Creighton game that we watched out in Maui a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think everybody'd be pretty pleased with the uh, the outcome in that. No matter who won, I, I like Arkansas. I like what Eric Hustleman's done. I kind of find him to be a little bit of a crazy guy. Uh, didn't he get kicked out of this game a year ago? But, yep. Uh, <laughs> I like what they have. Obviously the. Uh, Injury to Brazil is going to be interesting to see how they kind of combat that. But uh, it should be pretty fun. And I would imagine that Arkansas is going to be one of those teams come to the early tournament time that I will be calling a bookie and making some bets and making sure they get into the second weekend. Well, and also, of course, we know that Oklahoma and Texas are soon going to be joining the SEC, which sure. you know, in football, that that's a big deal. And uh, we know that that's what it's really all about. But in basketball, I mean, the SEC has been pretty good. But, man, the Big 12 is just really – uh, always been that really solid basketball conference. Is there going to be a lot of elements of missing that part of the Big 12 from Oklahoma fans, or they just don't care? They're all in on the SEC right now, and they don't care about the sport. Oh, I, if you talk to the Oklahoma football fan, I think they probably give a damn. But uh, there is a part of me that will definitely miss Kansas City in the Big 12 basketball tournament. I think that's one of the uh, more fun weekends of the year going up there uh, to uh, Spirit, Sprint Arena or whatever the hell they call it these days. and uh, it's usually a lot of fun to uh, to get up there and, and kind of see everything that's going on. So I'll miss it for sure. It's it's a hell of a basketball league right now with everything that they have going, uh, you know, with Texas and, and obviously as, as well as they've been playing. But, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to definitely miss some elements of it. Like there's, there's a certain part of me that just loves getting screwed over at Allen Fieldhouse as part of the Big 12 experience that I think – a lot of Oklahoma fans will miss. But I guess that comes with uh, playing at Kentucky. Isn't that what uh, the trade-off will be? Yeah, probably something like that. Or Bud Walton Arena. You know, it just a home court, <laughs> home court advantage means a lot, uh, a lot sure. for those, uh, too. So, But, yeah, it, it'll be a lot of fun, though, Eddie. Absolutely. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, my first SEC football media day. That's, that's the, really the one that I have for. Oklahoma still has a game in football, have the Cheez-It Bowl against Florida State. So what kind of changes to that roster going into the game against Florida State? Yeah, you know, they're going to be without four or five starters going into uh, the Cheez-It Bowl. And, you know, I'll be honest, they, from a matchup standpoint, I don't know if it could be any worse for them. I know it's a good game on paper, but uh, it, it's going to be quite interesting to see kind of what this situation is going to be and who's going to be on the team when they show up in uh, Orlando come December 29th. They, uh, you know, Jordan Travis could, could certainly start a uh, 2023 Heisman campaign, if you will, uh, that night or by 7 o'clock on the 29th of December. It, it could be pretty ugly. Well, Eddie, I got to ask you, too, since we're talking football, 6-6, six and six, man. I mean, I know that uh, <laughs> Oklahoma fans, they're not used to that type of performance, yeah. and there was obviously yeah. some issues. What's the... What's the vibe check right now for Oklahoma fans and Brent Venables after a season that did not go too well, or at least not in the way that they thought it would? Yeah, they're not happy. Uh, I, 
I think you guys can probably imagine what Oklahoma football fans are like after a 6-6 six and six season. There are not too many happy people. If you want to say that the uh, the honeymoon might have been over after they got beat by Kansas State uh, back in the middle of September, but you for sure could say the honeymoon for Brent Venables is over, uh, you know, today on December 8th. So uh, they got to figure it out. I mean, defensively, they were awful at times this year, uh, kind of an extension of what they were, you know, for the last four or five years on that side of the football. And I think the the biggest thing for them is, you know, I, when Brent Venables came in and he talked about this one at the first uh, press conference almost uh, just about over a year ago, I think there was a lot of people that thought that was just going to be fixed overnight. And this was one of the more undisciplined Oklahoma football teams uh, in recent memory. So I think that they are culturally going through some things that they're going to have to figure out if they don't. Uh, you know, Brim Venables and this coaching staff probably won't be in Norman for too much longer. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's thinking about firing them after one year. But it certainly did not go how a lot of people thought it would. And, you know, when they got into uh, the fourth quarter of football games and had to make some plays to get off the field, uh, they, they simply didn't do it this year. And, you know, they're arguably probably 15, 20 plays away from being 8-4 and four or, you know, 9-2 and two or 10-2 and two and nobody saying anything outside of the, the way that they lost to Texas and TCU. So uh, they got a lot of work to do going into the offseason, and they're going to be quite active in the transfer portal here over the next couple of weeks and finishing out a 2023 class that still ranks in the top 10 nationally. And, uh, you know, if they can get a couple guys that they expect here uh, in closing before December 21st in the early signing period, I think that that will kind of buy everybody some time just as far as what this thing could be going into year number two. Uh, you know, I, despite the six and six record, I think if you talk to a lot of people around the program right now, they, you know, obviously still believe in what Brent Venables is trying to build and uh, kind of the trajectory of the program is probably not as bad as it may seem record-wise. Hey, Eddie, we got about a minute. Uh, Austin Stogner, tight end, returning to Oklahoma from South Carolina. Is he going to be available for the bowl game? No, no, he won't. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll just get here through uh, the beginning of January and start school and go through spring ball, and uh, they'll be kind of full throttle for the start of uh, 2023. So it will, uh, it will, it, it'll be. He doesn't need a, a tour guide of Norman, that's for sure. I don't know if there's anybody that has gone to another school, come back and actually played. I know there's been a couple cases of guys coming back, but I don't know if they've actually played in games. So it's kind of a unique scenario, but. Uh, you know, somebody that I think a lot of people liked when he was here the first time around, and it's a position of need for them. If only they could find a couple more defensive linemen. Well, at least uh, some of those Oklahoma fans, I'm sure, took some solace in the fact that uh, USC lost in the Pac-12 championship and was unable to get into the playoffs. So, I think yeah. there were probably more people excited about that than uh, than maybe a recruiting win here or there. <laughs> it's, it's quite pathetic, but... It is what it is. Hey, that's what makes it fun, man. Everybody's pretty petty here in college football, but uh, it's, it's always entertaining. And just like you, Eddie, we appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoy the game this weekend there in Tulsa, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later, all right? All right, boys. Sounds good. Have a good one.